Well, welcome to our town hall meeting sponsored by the board and including our task force that is going to be speaking to us. I'm Vivian Sandlin. I'm the assistant moderator of the church. Jen May, our moderator, spent a week basking in the sun in Mexico, and her flight didn't get back in until like early this morning, so she couldn't be here because I said, you need to just go to sleep. So that's what she's doing. <laughs> anyway... Um, I wrote down some notes, but once upon a time, I won't use them, once upon a time, not so long ago, our church um, had an entrance right back there on the side that with crumbling stairs and there was no front entrance and we, people, we had to carry people in wheelchairs up those stairs. Once upon a time, we had no elevator and so we were, the sanctuary was not accessible. Once upon a time, the windows were in danger of falling out. Once upon a time, there was no paved driveway back there, and whenever it rained hard, the kitchen would flood, and we had to go with buckets and bail it out. And uh, once upon a time, we had horrible bathrooms. Folks will remember those. <laughs> and many of us were embarrassed to have guests here because of our bathrooms. And so the board got together and we said, we gotta fix this, what can we afford? And we said, well, if we pay, we fix this, it'll cost this, and we fix that, it'll cost that. And then we said, well, if we do everything all at once, it'll cost this much. And we said, yeah, let's do it. And so we, we did, we took out a loan, we fixed all of that. And it was, it was fabulous, we have fabulous bathrooms and we're accessible and we have no more floods and we have a paved road there and it's much better. The windows didn't fall out. But then, a few years ago, we decided we needed to expand, we needed to create a new fellowship hall as part of a bigger project, which included redoing, reorganizing the sanctuary. And so we launched a capital campaign and we raised a bunch of money and we, um, we had, on October, in October 2016, we had a symbolic groundbreaking. And it was lovely. Former ministers came, members of the community came, you know, leaders, and we got started. But we ran into some obstacles along the way, which is why we are where we are today. Um, now, we didn't give up. And we are not giving up. That is not the UU way. We do not give up. We are going to build the fellowship hall. And that's why we're here today to hear from a task force that the board created about where we are and to hear from all of you about how we are going to use our fellowship hall to benefit and serve not just this congregation, but the whole wider community. Because this fellowship hall can be something for Kent and Portage County and the people of this community, and it's going to be fantastic and spectacular and grand. So with that, I'm going to turn the floor over to Reverend Stephen, and then he's going to turn the floor over after he speaks to um, our task force. Thank you, Vivian. Very much. Very inspiring. So why does a social hall or renovating this building or windows any of it, why does it matter? Why are we doing what we're doing? 
as a congregation, as Unitarian Universalists, we have a mission, our reason for existing. And you hear it every Sunday. Can we read that together? Our mission is to inspire love, seek justice, and grow in community. So in everything we do, in every decision, our reason for being is our beginning point. It guides us. It says, what does our mission call us to do? Based on this mission and a vision, which we'll get to in just a second, you made a decision in 2015, 16, back there somewhere, yeah. Yeah. to build a building in order to achieve the vision, which, could we have that up, please? Vision, what is possible? Who can we be together? What are we stretching and working for? What are we sacrificing for? Who do we ultimately want to be? So our vision is that our vitality and passion, and you've got plenty of both, believe me. I see it every day in you. Our vitality and passion call us to restore and expand our spaces to equal the energy of our dreams. And we've got dreams. Can you name some of our dreams? Air conditioning. <laughs> Blaine, my friend, could we think a little more theologically for a minute? <laughs> huh? And poverty. And poverty. What else? Yeah. Racial justice. Racial justice. Care for the earth. Mm -hmm. Environmental justice. Environmental justice. Absolutely. Justice. Immigration. Immigration. Create community. Mm-hmm. Strengthen our community, grow our community. Yep. Our, the third part of our mission, grow together in community. I think it's bigger than just us. I, I see us as growing together with the world community, growing together. So, as we do these things, as we restore and expand our spaces, we will be better equipped to carry on our historic legacy. 150, how many years now? 154, 153, 1866. <laughs> Service, we do service, but we'll have room and opportunity for more service work, for programming, and for outreach, for really living out our mission and sharing our values, our vision, and our hope and our love with a world that really, really needs it. So that's why we're doing all this, and thank you to each of you that has persisted. And nevertheless, we've persisted. <laughs> so thank you to each of you that's been faithful to this dream, to this vision, to our mission through the years. And now I will turn it over to Mr. Smeltzer. We have a, we have a full length, is it the full length feature film? <laughs> yes, it's two hours long. Actually, it's five minutes, what, five minutes, 45 seconds. And I interviewed uh, some people to get some really good visioning ideas, focusing on the part of outside of us, what are the other community resources that can be brought in, oh. to focus on part of our motto from the first capital campaign, which was not for us alone. Has anyone been to Stan Hewitt Hall? 
Do you know that that's encapsulated on their building as you go in? That the intent when they built that hall was not just for their family, but they saw it as a, a source for community. And um, so um, there was, I had probably about an hour and 10 minutes of content that I boiled down to five minutes and 45 seconds. You're not gonna hear everything everyone said about the ideas, concrete ideas of how we can use this space. But it, I just wanted to give you a feeling of some of the expressions of that. Wow. That that was the first time I've seen that video. It's fantastic. Thank you. I want to. <laughs> we have so much talent. Um, Kathy, did you want to say a few words about the task force's thinking and people's thinking about the, um, our vision for the use of the, the social hall? I don't even know where to start after that wonderful video. <laughs> I really kind of summarize it. But we did talk to even more people than Dave could possibly put in five minutes. So I wanted to share a few of their ideas. And then we're going to turn it over to the community because we know that you have more ideas. And um, this is really kind of, you know, to, to, we've, I think we've been a little down about the building. But when we start talking about these possibilities, it changes for me, and I'm sure for you. Like, oh my gosh, we could. Okay, we can do this. We're always looking for something we can do rather than just railing against what's happening in another city on the East Coast. You know, we can't control that, but we can control a lot of what happens here. So here are some ideas from Cad Holtz. Cat is a member who works in health education, and she said we need um, space available for BGLTQ activities, safe spaces, private spaces. The committee <coughs> discussed the fact that um, um, we have some AA groups who meet here, but they really have no privacy. They meet in Fessenden Hall, and. Raise your hand if you've ever walked through that group. I mean, a lot of us have. Or they've walked through our um, book discussion group looking for the AA meeting. But if we build that new hall, they'll have a place that's much more private. And, you know, and um, our RE classes, I mean, I've been here a long time, and I taught a lot of RE, and I'm amazed that we never lost a child off the balcony, you know? <laughs> it's really not that safe. It's really not that safe. We've done a good job to make it safe, but it's not accessible for our teachers or for our kids. Yes? Only mentioned that in the interview. She mentioned that uh, to handle, we don't have the space to handle all the classes at the same time. Right. So the classes are split between services. And if parents have kids who are of different ages, one kid's going to RE during first service, another kid's going to RE during second service. And she's concerned that we're going to lose some people because we're just not able to have all the RE classes at the same time. Uh, I, I live that with my grandkids here. All right, Kat also says we could partner with a KSU Pride Group for Kent Wide Pride March and other activities in the fall. We have a big gathering spot to do that. Um, in terms of HIV-related activities, we could have testing events at our new buildings, support groups, 
space for Akron case managers and or DIS, and I'm not sure what that stands for, workers to meet with local clients or have a health fair for HIV or STI or BGLTQ and others with a theme, make a, you know, a big production of that. Um, so th th those kind of ideas came up a lot f with different people. Let's see, just a couple more things. That, um, maybe our church could be a polling place. I'm in this district, this and uh, it's in the library right now. It's upstairs in the library. For anyone who has mobility problems, there is an elevator, but it's a long way. The elevator up and then to the room. So this, this could be much more convenient. Um, so there's just lots. And now we've got more ideas. <laughs> well, just from, I, I know Chrissy's not here. She'd like to be here. But she, one thing else she talked about is the need for a, uh, a music venue that's like a coffee house. Like right now they're, you know, they're in bars. And she was thinking a place where you could have coffee and listen to music. So I actually, when I owned the yoga studio, I had to turn uh, certain groups away because we had, res we had apartments upstairs. So uh, some of the groups I had to turn away were groups that wanted to have dances. Um, some with live music, some with um, sort of DJed music. But you know, there's a, there's a need in our community for a, a dance hall. You, know, you can think about folk dancing or, you know, I'll, yeah. There you go, country western, you know. And, and so that would, because it wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily, you know, it would sort of fall in line with the idea of wedding receptions. You know, we would want to make it so that it didn't disturb the neighborhood, so that on weeknights or whatever, we could have, or it did, but not, neighborhood, not neighbors upstairs. I want to second that because when I was with one of the racial uh, reconciliation groups, one of the things that um, one of the people of color had suggested were regular dances that young people would be able to come to and it's a place where lots of different kinds of people could meet and I'd love to have some intergenerational ones. Farmers market in the wintertime. I know it's now down there but I think we could hold that and this should come as no surprise coming from me because you know how I am. Um, I would like to see a Lyceum series here of some sort of lectures. Um, we could partner with <clears throat> organizations like the either the Portage County or Kent Historical Society to offer maybe historical lectures, you know, me with my passion of history, or just other types of Lyceum um, series type things. Um, there is a Lyceum series at the Kelso House, but it's not terribly accessible. It's in their basement. Um, and I think we could have an accessible Lyceum series here using our hall. I think that would be a, a really, really superb um, use of our facility here. Well, this may be difficult, but we're coming up with a vision. A place for people, homeless people, to stay overnight. Now, that's going to require some effort, and, um, but it's something that's a need in Kent. I would like to, to be, as a church, to be a, a model of environmental sustainability to other churches in Kent and other public buildings, schools. It'd be nice to be a model. The model would look like, uh, first of all, it would have a good lead score. 
sustainability, keeping the energy within the building and not lost. But uh, even a stretch would be uh, solar panels on the roof, perhaps, uh, accommodating that and maybe the whole. But that could be a part-by-part part thing because that's a little more expense beyond just building the building. Anything more? Yeah, there's a there's a one charity in in town that I know was looking for a space and almost had one and lost it, which is uh, Lovelight. And they uh, pay, they uh, do some work with children during the summertime, so you know there could be some work with kids. We could have more space for Hogwarts and potentially rent out the space to groups such as Lovelight. Um, you know, that would take it for a certain um, period of the year, maybe not year-round, or then we could maybe look at maybe having a preschool in the mornings or something like that, but... Yeah, that's hard. <laughs> too many regulations, sorry. Yeah, too many. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I work... <laughs> I work very closely with Love Light. As a matter of fact, I've worked with Betsy Justice for, I think we said, 50 years now. And uh, she has on the drawing board, she's the director of Love Light. She has on the drawing board uh, programs that she's done in the public schools, different public schools. I have done some in Ravenna, she's done some here. But there's enough right there if the financial things could be put together to just provide a blossoming space for the children of Kent who have difficulty learning. Uh, she's teaching at the university some now, but both of us have been trained by specialists who never made the big time, but can make amazing things happen with children who have difficulty learning, and in a reasonable amount of time. That would be, if you could make a connection with Love Light, that would be one of the most powerful things this church could do in freeing the children who have trouble learning. Another idea that the committee developed was perhaps providing ESL lessons for our immigrant communities. We could explore that with various groups in the community. And uh, I'd like to comment as a member of the Socially Responsible Sweatshop, which uh, doesn't have a permanent home. Um, that group, of course, uh, supports people who are food insecure uh, with the products that we sell and the money that we make. I just made a large donation to Kent Social Services uh, with uh, the concern for the impending cuts in food stamps. And uh, that group is looking for a home, too. You were on our list, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> Currently, um, from Saturday noon until Monday noon, there are no um, free food services for people who are hungry. And my vision has always been starting with the last Sunday of the month because benefits on Ohio Direction Card are running out would be to have a free breakfast um, for the community. Um, if we could staff more Sundays, that would be wonderful, but at least starting at the end of the month when um, food assistance is running out and cards don't get reloaded until between the 1st and the 10th of the next month. Um, but that would help bridge a gap at least one weekend a month between 
Saturday afternoon lunch and, and Monday afternoon lunch. Well, you know, all these are wonderful ideas. And they would all, of course, need lots of more development. And we'd have to prioritize and look at our resources and our volunteer commitments. But they're, they're possible. Many of these, I think, are very, very possible at the beginning. Well, I'm sure the congregation will decide to take small steps. <laughs> First, we've got to build the building. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But then we'll start thinking about there'll be another committee. So if you're interested in helping to develop these, but um, you know, what, what should we do first? That's working. What could we add? What could we add? What could we add? And we'll, we're going to continue to talk to people in the greater community, too. What, where is the need? Where is the need? Where is the need? And then how can we match that need? So, but of course, that brings us to the money. And we're not going to get way into the weeds of the capital campaign, but we're going to um, just take a look at this moment in time. This is an ever-changing amount of money. We'll have to get it working again. But this was as of this Thursday. <laughs> From Mary Beth, this is the amount we have. Um, let's see. You don't have it up here, so I'm going to have to go on over here. Um, and Kay, please chime in, because if you're the expert here. <laughs> okay. uh, you know, $759,512. Our capital funds, we have some restricted funds. You know, they're in a very positive way. Restricted sounds kind of negative, but the, these are pledged for um, an EV charging station, and then all the donations people did at a service auction for uh, the kitchen, for the big items. So we have a total right now of 783000 a little bit more. Now, <clears throat> that's, that, that's come in at any point. We have spent some money. I know it seems like nothing's been done, but let's remember, we bought the back of a property, we bought the mills property, we tore down the house, we had to deal with all the things there, we bought then about a third of a property, and then the city said, oh, you have to buy a little bit more. So we've had four property purchases during this time. The dem demolition of the house, kind of leveling of that lot, and we've worked with builders and architects. There have been, of course, fees with that. <clears throat> we do have our architectural plan. We've had legal fees. We've had to pay some fees, I believe, to the city. Um, so we have spent 164000 to this point. But we have the land. And when we started, we had no way to live our dream. We had to wait for people to consider it, you know, some, really someone to pass on so that land would be available. And we've been waiting on that about 30 years since I joined this church. <laughs> they always said, when we decide to leave this, <laughs> we'll come to you first, and they did, and that was really nice, so that was good. So we've had some expenses. So to complete, um, these are our anticipated costs, and again, one moment in time, you can't hold us to this exactly. But we figure there is about a million two hundred thousand in construction fees. And when we 
worked with that before, we didn't really talk about furnishing the building. So one of the big jobs of the, the group I've been on, and Blaine did the, most of the work on this, um, we have to furnish it. If we're going to rent it out, we've got to have tables, and we have to have chairs, and we have to have storage things for the classrooms, and um, you know, tablecloths, and dishes, and it's a lot of stuff. Commercial scrubbers, commercial vacuums. This is a big space. We, you know, we have to stop thinking we can use our little <laughs> vacuums and you know, really maintain this well. So um, first we thought 50,000, and that's probably what the committee agreed to, but then when Mary Beth and Stephen and I started talking, we're like, maybe we should make it more. But that's just a guess. It, it could be 48,000, you know. But <clears throat> and we'll buy what we can. That's another thing. So the total cost, you can see, would the uh, amount, and there's our current funds. So we need maybe 350,000, maybe 496,000. I know for a lot of times we thought we would borrow 120,000 because that would make a lower mortgage that we could handle. Um, is that right? But we are approved for that figure, the 253,000. So we need 243. But if we want to think real big, and I'm just you know, throwing this out because we're not making any decisions for a while, we should do phase two and take care of our children. That's anticipated at about 150,000. So we're back up to you know, fourth, 400,000, maybe a little more, with the loan, with the loan. I, you wanna explain it, Randy? Sorry, I, I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows, phase two was renovation of the fellowship hall downstairs and removal of the kitchen and turning that into five classrooms, so. And that's accessible space with bathrooms and kitchens and sinks. When I first joined the church in the 70s, the League of Women Voters used to meet here, and we provided childcare. And I'd always be the one who would pick up the, the babysitter and take her home. And after one time, she said, that's it. I'm not coming back. And I'm like, why? <laughs> and phase two also includes the heating and cooling. OK. So, but I think that was the figure we were given. So um, she, won't, she wouldn't come back, and so the League found another place to meet, you know, so by not being accessible, we lose potential teachers, we lose potential RE students, and we, our kids aren't really that safe at times. But the good news is we can solve that problem. <laughs> our committee's charge was to look at all this stuff and to say, what do you think we should do? And we sent a report to the board and we said, we think we need a new capital campaign. Now, we don't have to do anything more with that. That's <laughs> the end of our committee's work. But just know that that's the thought that's out there. We do have a wild card. Questions? We do have a wild card. Yeah. I've got, I've got a headset on. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, we, to date, have not received the bequest from Olive Hobbs' estate. It is still in probate. So we don't know what will be coming towards the social hall from her estate. 
there may be the opportunity for um, doing a, a matching campaign where her estate provides you know half the money we need or yeah we had hoped to have that by now but they are still waiting on a tax refund from the feds and they want to disperse it all at once so currently probate is scheduled to close in March and that was after a two-month extension but you know I still hear the well any day now we're ready <laughs> you know, so my question is about the current loan that we have what would be the life of that and what with interest rates being low right now, I'm just curious if, if we delay further, how that would impact the loan situation. Um, right now, yes, they, they have not changed substantially, but I did want to speak to the, the loan itself. Um, Kathy mentioned that we wanted to, even though it's for 253,000, we wanted to keep it around 120. And the reason for that is that uh, we were pay we had a loan on the previous improvements. They gave us the new bathroom and the uh, driveway. Uh, we still had a small balance left on that. We were paying it off pretty quickly, but we were paying $1,000 a month. And if we keep our construction loan, it would be over a 20-year term. That was your other, and that's pretty standard for a commercial construction loan. Um, if we kept to $120,000 balance, that would keep us at around $1,000 a month if, if interest rates do not go up. Um, it is a variable rate loan, but you, that's also standard on a commercial draw. If we do borrow the two, full 250 some odd thousand, we will have a substantially higher uh, monthly payment. So, um, and it's, it's going to be roughly double, if not more. So that's something to also keep in consideration. Um, we can borrow it if Olive's bequest came through and enabled us to pay some of it back down. The original intent was to have a second capital campaign to pay down on, keep our balance low. But yes, it, the loan's in place. It's ready to go. Uh, Hometown Bank has been great about working with us. <laughs> I keep... Uh, in touch with them saying, we're, we're still here, we're still working on it. Right now, the loan is available until June, and uh, we've already renewed it once, let them know that we've been having delays. So, um, did that answer your questions? Okay. <laughs> I just think we should thank the task force, the building task force, for all the work they've done, and everybody who's put in just countless hours of labor for this, but thank you, task force. Uh, can, you, can you name the members of the task force? I'll ask them to stand. Max Scrubs? There's Max. Okay. Uh, Blaine Vesely. David Smeltzer. And our sort of member, Kay Ekman, she's a associate member, and I was on it, and of course, Reverend Stephen was on it. And, and myself, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, you know, I've been on a lot of committees, and I, I kind of said, this is my swan song, because <laughs> I, I think we're ready to go, and I know there are people out there who want to take on these tasks 
to, you know, we need a committee that's going to hit the ground running about, okay, we need some rental income from this building. These are the things we could do. We'll, you know, develop rental policies. We have to publicize those. Yep, the startup to get all those things going. Have we looked into any grant funding? Um, maybe it, does the UUA offer any grants for things like this, or can we look? If we have a vision for how we're going to use this publicly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'd be, if there were such grants out there, I might try to do a search. Um, I'd be happy to help out with that since that's what I do for a living. But maybe that could, we could take up something that has a social character um, as a grant topic, should there be an opportunity. And I just want to take this opportunity. There are chalice lighter grants available. Um, and one, I've been looking into it. One of the conditions is that we have a chalice lighter ambassador in our congregation. And if you're not familiar with the chalice lighter program, um, it's run through our regional organization and it helps churches who, whether they want to hire staff or do some construction or buy a building, um, and three times a year, you are called upon by the central, or what is it called again? Yeah, but long and short of it is, we need a chalice lighter ambassador before they will consider us, so I'm looking for volunteers. <laughs> so to be clear, there's no fund out there that we can apply for grants. We can do crowdfunding kinds of grants. So chalice lighters is one opportunity to do that. There are three calls. We have to apply um, for it, and then there's a committee that decides which um, applications will be uh, held up as an opportunity for other Unitarian Universalist individuals to contribute to. The other one is Faithify, which is kind of a, uh, a crowdfunding thing. That's something where we might, we could, um, it's, it's a very small fee. There's no, nobody's making profit off it, so there's just a transaction fee. So that's an opportunity that we could use Faithify to um, get a little bit larger uh, footprint to who are, who's hearing about our our fundraising effort, um, and we could ask people in the community to do it, but we're not talking huge amounts of money. You know, this is these are pennies compared to what we're trying to raise. No, I don't know if anybody's aware of this. Um, <clears throat> I'm the secretary of the board of the Kentwell Sherman House Incorporated, uh, house across the river here, and <clears throat> I don't know if this would work for us or not, but we have gotten substantial funding for all of our efforts um, because we do offer public meeting space, hint, hint, we could too. Um, we um, have gotten a great deal of money from both the Christensen Foundation and the Portage Foundation. Now, whether they um, would offer any money for churches, I do not know. I'm not sure how that exactly works because I don't write the grants or any of that nonsense. But um, anyway, we have gotten a great gob of money to do a lot of work um, on our house. We're not done yet, probably never will be at this rate. But because we do have a public meeting space, that's why we've qualified for their grant money. So, I don't know, it's something worth looking into. Ready to wrap up? You think no, we have something no, to say? No, I just want to. There is also a National Historic Organization for Houses of Worship 
that provide substantial grants, mostly yes. along the lines of restoration and stuff. But when we come to this phase, that might be a very yes. possible source of funds for us. And I've got information on it. Yeah. So we're going to wrap up now, unless anybody has anything they want more they want to say. Um, you know, for almost 154 years, our four mothers and fathers, and then we have built this place, kept this place alive, and been a force for good in this community. And we're going to continue to do that, and to this fellowship hall will enable us to be a tremendous force for good. And so we need to not be discouraged, but be excited and enthusiastic about what we're going to accomplish, because we've always accomplished what we set out to do before, and we will do it again. Great. Great. <laughs> And now, Reverend Stephen, would you like to extinguish the chalice? We're not done yet. We're not done yet. Okay, we're not done yet. <laughs> we have a recommendation, do oh, we Oh, the not? recommendation, okay. Kathy. Kathy, you want to do the honors? All right, here we go. We have a recommendation. Well, we did decide, after lots of discussion, that as a task force, the building task force, we would recommend that we have a capital campaign. The sooner the better. That we would move over... He's looking at me. No, I guess we didn't recommend that. You mean, we've had a lot of discussions. <laughs> Huddle. Huddle. Okay. Um, and since we have you know, kind of waited around for several years and prices have gone up, we think to kick off the capital campaign, to fire it up, we need to start in February. We need to really break ground. And then we ask for money. When people see that some of that money is being used, that something's happening over there, mm -hmm. that would fire people up. Yeah. So we need to sign a contract. Yeah. Get started. Get started. So that was the final discussion. Um, reason I didn't mention it wasn't the whole committee there, <laughs> but the three of us were, or two of us were there. <laughs> It's a shock to Dave and to Blaine. I apologize in the past. <laughs> but two of the five, the two fifths people, we just, yeah, we thought that Mary Beth chimed in. She thought we should. But that's, again, that's a board decision. <laughs> Throw this back on the board. Um, but our recommendation is um, to do a capital campaign and to get started, and that may mean groundbreaking to help kick off that capital campaign. So... Yes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm throwing it back. I'm throwing it okay. back. Give it back to uh, <laughs> We do have a, a, our regular annual mm -hmm. stewardship gratitude uh, campaign coming up to, for our operating budget for the year, um, which is also important. And um, you're stepping on my spaceman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, I mean, in theory, those work well together, but we don't have the kind, you know, my own opinion, my own opinion is that we need more prep time in terms of recommending a capital campaign, which is something the congregation has to vote on, I believe. Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. But I, it to the board. Yeah, but I really want us to take a leap of faith and start the building and trust 
that the universe, uh, who was it? William Murray, Murray Hutchison says, whatever you can be, do, begin. Trust that providence will conspire with you to make it happen. That's a paraphrase. But, you know, there's, there's genius, there's power, there's magic in beginning. Why don't we begin? <laughs> well, yeah, we will. I am confident. I've been here a year and a half. I've, yeah, in case you were wondering, it's been a year and a half. <laughs> I've seen what this congregation can do when it puts its mind to it. I know we made a, we made a decision, and I don't want fear or a lack of faith and possibilities to hold us back. We can do this. I think we need to start. But it's not up to me alone. It's, this is us together. All right. So in the spirit of William um, Hutchinson, William Murray Hutchinson, let's extinguish our flame, but let's keep alive imagination, possibility, and the willingness to begin trusting that we will find our way and we will do this and do it well.